the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas on this Saturday, February 17th. 2024. Welcome to the show, my friends. We've got another good one for you. First of all, let me begin by thanking our sponsor, FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, who uh, buys the time, who pays for uh, our show. And of course, thank all of our listeners that are so, so good about uh, uh, joining us on a regular basis. Uh, I will remind everybody that um, at the end of the show, we always post it on social media, or if you are interested, please contact me through uh, social media, and uh, I will uh, send you a link of the show so you can listen to it any at any time, that uh, whenever you want. So, uh, once again, thank you very much for joining us today. Let me tell you real quick who our guests are, because they are some very, very good ones, and they've got great information for you, my friends. Uh, and then after that, uh, I'll give you some some headlines that happened this past week because there are a lot of things that happened. Um, first of all, uh, we have uh, we we have Mr. Todd Benzman with the Center for Immigration Studies. My friends, you're going to want to listen to what Todd has to say because he is going to be talking about the Biden crackdown uh, on migrants in Mexico. Okay, it appears that uh, Mr. Biden and some of his uh, uh, members of his administration went to, to Mexico just before the Christmas holidays, and uh, they they uh, organized. They got a uh, deal with uh, the Mexican government so that the Mexican government will help to stop the migrants, the huge flow of migrants that's going that has been so visible in the news. Well, they've stopped it. They've curtailed it, uh, at least in Texas, and uh, by doing that, they're. Um, helping their campaign. They're, they're helping their optics. However, my friends, we have no idea what the deal entails, how much money it's costing the, uh, the taxpayer. And uh, you're going to want to hear uh, specifics from, from Todd uh, in, his, uh, in his interview. You're going to really want to hear about that. You're also going to hear, want to hear about a, uh, a terrorist case in Ohio, which is being ignored by the mainstream media. Uh, the New York Post uh, ran an article that uh, Todd wrote, but you're going to want to hear about this uh, very, very disturbing, very, very frightening case of terrorists in the United States that were uh, arrested in Ohio and how the rest of the, uh, uh, of the mainstream media is completely ignoring this story. Uh, then we have, uh, after Todd, we've got Mr. Ira Melman, who is with FAIR, our sponsor with the Federation for American Immigration Reform. He uh, made a, a recent trip to the border, to Eagle Pass, and interviewed some folks firsthand to get uh, an idea of what is going on. Uh, he talked to ranchers, he talked to sheriffs, he talked to several folks, and you're going to want to hear what, uh, what Ira found, what Ira heard firsthand from all these folks here along the border. Uh, our final guest is Mr. Sean Welsh, should I say Agent Sean Welsh. He is the Border Patrol Council uh, Chief for the Northeast Sector. He is the, the what you would call the Union, the Border Patrol Union Chief in the Northeast in Vermont. 
and uh, he uh, is going to be telling us about the uh, number of people, the number of illegal aliens crossing through the northern part of the of uh, of, of the uh, border, through the northern border, my friends. I mean, while we're so preoccupied in watching what's happening at the southern border, suddenly the northern border is wide open. And you know why it's wide open? Because the limited number of Border Patrol agents are being deployed to the south. They're being deployed to the Mexican border so that they can help not to secure the border so that they can help to process illegal aliens coming in. Yes. So they're not even stopping them. They're just processing them. Meanwhile, there are very few agents on the northern border, and it's wide open. It is wide open. So you're going to want to hear what Sean Welch, what agent, Border Patrol agent Sean Welch has to say about what is happening on the northern border. So uh, those are our guests. Uh, let me give you some news real quick, because I love to talk about the second phase of the border uh, crisis. This is the phase, my friends. This is the phase that impacts on communities. Okay, and so let me tell you what is happening to communities. Just this past week, th these are the news. For example, in Cook County, Illinois, which is Chicago, uh, the taxpayers are going to be paying an additional $70 million to aid the illegal aliens in the Chicago area. The governor, the Democrat governor, J.B. Uh, Pritzker, Pritzker, has announced, uh, announced this past Thursday that um, that's what they're going to do. They're going to... Uh, uh, allot the seven, $70 million taxpayer money so that they can help uh, these illegal aliens in the Chicago area. Then, on the other hand, you've got uh, Governor Hochul in, Hochul in, uh, in New York. Their administration, my friends, is quietly, has been quietly using taxpayer money to uh, give cash payments to illegal aliens that don't qualify for the typical welfare assistance. Uh, the, these cash withdrawals are being made possible by the state uh, Office of Temporary Disability and Assistance. So again, money that should be going to temporary aid and assistance and disability assistance to taxpayers is going to illegal aliens in New York. Then we've got the homeless families. The uh, situation with homeless families uh, in, uh, uh, again, <clears throat> in Massachusetts this time. And these folks my friends, uh, about 400 migrant families uh, are being moved around at the cost of 30000 uh, over a two-year period for each family. 30000 for each family. Okay? Now, you multiply that for, by 400 times two, and that's just how much they're going to be using for these homeless illegal aliens. Okay? That's in Massachusetts. Again, that is a cost to taxpayers. Then in Denver, okay, then in Denver, my friends, in Denver, we have this situation where the city of Denver is planning to close uh, DMVs, Department of Motor Vehicles, and slash recreation centers, uh, the hours of uh, that uh, recreation centers are open, and cut back on park services. Why? So that they can save $5 million this, this year and funnel it to the illegal aliens. Again, my friends, taking services from citizens to give to illegal aliens. Now, we've got to remember, in every one of these cases, my friends, none of these illegal aliens has ever paid a penny into the tax system. They have just arrived, and they're getting assistance. So, you tell me, what is fair about that? What is fair about that? I mean, in the past... If an illegal alien was receiving something, it was because they had been here a while, and you could justify it, so to speak, by saying, well, they've been paying, they've been getting paid under the table, or they've been paying taxes, and they haven't gotten any, uh, uh, they haven't reclaimed it. Uh, you know, you could say various things. But these people, my friends, have just crossed the border, and they're getting benefits. What is wrong about that? At the same time, uh, all of these illegal aliens, my friends, have their eye on what is going on with the election. The, the a migrant community, the illegal alien community in shelters in Tijuana, Tijuana, Mexico, uh, it's reported that they are worried about the possibility of, of Donald Trump winning the presidential election in November. Because if that happens, they know he's going to shut down the border and he's going to close all these loopholes that they are using to enter the United States. They know that. They've been watching that and they know it. My friends, the second phase of the border crisis is real. It's in our backyards, and we are paying for it. So, uh, without further ado, let's go to our first uh, guest. And uh, 
Call your friends. Tell them to join us. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Let's go to our first guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. He's done another great article. He's been doing some research. He's been down in Mexico touring. Well, I can't call it touring. He's been investigating. And uh, I wanted to get him on because... um, He's found out some more stuff, uh, and, and, and I want him to tell us about a Biden crackdown that is going on on the other side of the border that is not being attributed to Biden. So, uh, Todd, thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Talk to us. Tell us about your latest article and what you have found. Uh, well, good to be here. So everybody probably remembers back in October, November, December, these just ionospheric numbers of illegal immigrant crossings in Eagle Pass, Texas, and really all along the Texas and Arizona-California borders, absolutely drew massive international media attention, driving Joe Biden's poll numbers into the dirt, especially on that issue. Could be the deciding issue in the November election, presumably against Donald Trump, who's using uh, those visuals in his campaign, right? So uh, the administration sends uh, emissaries down to Mexico. In fact, the president himself went down to Mexico right around Christmas, twice. Uh, Blinken, Anthony Blinken, and they cut some kind of a deal because immediately after all of this federal diplomacy, Mexico suddenly got really medieval on illegal immigration on its side of the border, rounding up thousands and thousands of immigrants in Piedras across from Eagle Pass and uh, Matamoros and Juarez and um, everywhere and putting them on planes and buses 1,500 miles to southern provinces and dumping them down there. Uh, That has left the... uh, That has brought the numbers down crossing through Texas by 80%. So you could go to Eagle Pass and just there's nothing down there at all. Maybe a dozen people cross somewhere uh, not the thousands and thousands and uh, that's the reason I think people just need to understand that it's this diplomatic deal it's secretive it's very ruthless by the way uh, but it's also working uh, because it's brought the numbers down and I dare say that it will be working for the benefit of the Biden campaign because those numbers were just terrible for his polling 14,000 a day just doesn't get you elected president Uh, So the piece that I have up in the Daily Mail uh, went up yesterday is is all about this. Uh, You can find it uh, at the Daily Mail or on my website at toddbinsman.com explaining uh, that it is so effective, these roundups are so impactful that the few hundred immigrants that remain in Piedras Negras, which is right across from Eagle Pass, are hiding Uh, taking shelter inside a Catholic diocese uh, migrant shelter called uh, Casa de Migrante. And uh, they, the nuns inside told me that they understand that they are protecting these few hundred from the Mexican army soldiers who are uh, patrolling all over the streets outside in Piedras. This crackdown is uh, comprehensive. I can't really explain. It's different than other ones that we've seen. It looks semi-permanent. The soldiers are in kind of uh, mobile shelters that have been wheeled up, which I've never seen before for kind of long-term stay with bunks inside, uh, food and all the rest of that. And they are uh, uh, manning roadblocks from the northern border all the way to central uh, Mexico, Mexico City, all those roads are blocked. Uh, The road from Monterey to Piedras has six different roadblocks on it. And the state police in Coahuila are rousting immigrants off of the the freight trains. That's how they usually get up there. Uh, And that's something brand new as well, that they are absolutely blocking access to the freight trains, which uh, have always been a reliable cheap way to uh, get to uh, the border for the crossings. So that's kind of what, what, what is happening. That's the general. You, you should expect to see the administration uh, when the new numbers come out for January taking 
victory laps and saying, you know, these some other policies or some other thing that we did is responsible for this. But but actually, uh, these this ruthless crackdown, I mean, you couldn't get away with any of this stuff inside the U.S., but the Biden administration seems perfectly happy and willing to have Mexico do those things to do on its behalf. <laughs> and that's why the U.S. media is not really covering this, what's going on down there, because this would really piss off the liberal progressive base of the Democratic Party if they understood widely what, what the Biden administration is doing. Now, let me let me ask you, where are the cartels in all that? Because um, the cartels were making quite a uh, quite a bit of money off of uh, people crossing the border. So um, uh, are they res- are they reacting in any form or fashion against the the Mexican government doing this? My my understanding is that this has created a a new high end black market uh, smuggling market because anybody with any kind of money uh, can pay off. Uh, troops at the roadblock and have smugglers get them through, and so there, there still are people crossing in the Del Rio Eagle Pass area, but uh, they're having to pay dearly for it. And I also think that the Mexicans are not as uh, tightly controlling the border with Arizona and California. There are still five and six thousand a day coming across in Arizona and California. Texas, for the first time in the three-year border crisis, is now the lowest numbers. Uh, it's always been by far the highest numbers. Now it's by far the lowest numbers. But there's still there's still a spigot open in Arizona, Lukeville, uh, and um, uh, you know Tijuana. The San Diego sector is just absolutely uh, roaring with illegal immigration. So it's not like they've stopped it completely. They've just reduced it. From twelve and fourteen thousand a day to four, five, and six thousand a day, mostly coming through Arizona and and California, where it's important to note the state, the states, uh, the troops, the troopers, and state police in those areas have been pulled from the border. Unlike in Texas, which is fortifying and making it really hard for smuggling uh, in Texas, but not in those other states. Let me, so let me it's yeah let me yeah. let me ask you about um the these the this nun uh providing a sanctuary providing a hiding place for her. I mean uh do the troops respect that if uh, you know if they know that somebody is is being hidden by uh, by clergy people Well I interviewed her um I interviewed the nun um her name is uh Isabel uh Tercios if I've got that right uh very lovely uh, lady. Uh, she's doing what she thinks is the Lord's work, and she is well aware that the vast majority of the people in her shelter plan to cross illegally. Uh, but she says that there's a Mexican law that prevents the troops from coming into her facility and rounding anybody up, uh, and also uh, prevents uh, Mexican authorities from blockading her facility on the streets outside. That's what she told me. I haven't actually seen the Mexican law about that, but I definitely did not see any uh, troops stationed outside of her place. That There are Humvees that occasionally drive by, and if they see anybody out there, they will round them up. So people uh, from the inside dart across to buy. There's a little, a little uh, concession stand on the other side where you can buy you know chips and drinks and you know, buy toiletries and things that you might need, and they rush over there, they buy it, and then they rush back to the gate as fast as they can, you know, looking all around. I mean, that, that's how effective this thing actually is. Wow. Um, and Piedras, you can't find, I interviewed a Mexican journalist over there who had been covering the thousands and thousands crossing, and he said the one interesting thing about the situation today is that you can look as hard as you want all over Piedras, and you can't find a single immigrant anywhere. Wow! And, he, and it's and it's right. He's right. I couldn't see anybody outside of that uh, shelter. Man, they have rounded them up. They were doing at one point ten bus loads a day, fifteen hundred miles south, driving, and they've done about thirty air flights out of Piedras. Wow! 
amazing. That you know, it, it, we finally have what we want, but it's a campaign situation. So I would imagine that as soon as the Biden campaign is over, it's going to go back to business as usual, right? Well, I mean, it could happen before the campaign is over. I mean, this is all in Mexico's hands. I mean, we don't know what they're demanding uh, yeah, in return true. for this. Uh, maybe the money will run out, or the check once the check clap cashes, you know, they're, they're suddenly they're not that interested, you know. <laughs> uh, but I did ask the troops. I interviewed quite a few Mexican soldiers who were are they're not allowed to talk to me, but I got some of them to answer questions anyway, very nervously, but. So what are your orders? And they're like, well, we're supposed to round up all the immigrants and turn them over to Mexican immigration for deportation. And I said, well, for how long are you doing this? And they're like, open-ended. They haven't given us an end date. Uh-huh. And it looks like they're settled in for the long haul there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how extensive it is. There, There's Mexican press reporting that this is going on in Juarez. And they bulldoze uh, a long-standing camp in Matamoros. Had been there for years. They completely bulldoze that thing around the first of the year. It's gone, and they're digging anti-pedestrian trenches all along the river down there in Matamoros. Which is, I mean, they're serious about this. It looks semi-permanent, uh, like at least through the November election. Wow. Yep. Oh, bud, man, it sounds very, very interesting. I mean, this is this is wild. Anything else you could like to add before we let you go, buddy? Like uh, where people can find you? Well, uh, the only other thing, I have been pretty prolific lately. Uh, don't mean to fire hose you, but ah. I do have a piece, a piece that went up yesterday in the uh, New York Post uh, about a case, which I think we've discussed on your show before, it's a terrorism prosecution out of Ohio. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. It's very, very interesting and very, very important for anybody who's watching the border uh, and interested in the border story. And that is this Iraqi plotted to bring terrorist objects over the southern border to kill President George Bush in Dallas. And the prosecutors just came out with I've written about this repeatedly. I think I may be the only one in the country to uh, devote so much attention. It's a hugely important story because it shows that the bad guys are well aware that our border is vulnerable to entry and that it's probably easier to enter over the border than to come in through visa fraud and other other ways like flying into the country. Uh, it's, and um, the prosecution is seeking a maximum prison sentence in order to, as they put it, send a message to the whole world uh, that you shouldn't, bad guys should not be crossing our border. And that's just un, unheard of, unprecedented. This this case is just unprecedented. You can find it at my website, toddbinsman.com, or uh, you can search it uh, at uh, New York Post under my name and find that piece. It goes into a lot of detail about how our counterterrorism Programs are completely broken down at the border, and that um, it's enabling this sort of uh, abuse by terrorists and jihadists. That is scary. That is really frightening. I mean, you know, with with everything that is going on in the Middle East, and, and this weakness that we are exhibiting on uh, uh, in foreign policy, and then you know we've got people crossing the border who uh, you know have terrorism on their mind. I, that, that is frightening. That is absolutely frightening. Yeah, this is a real case. There were real terrorists, a real terrorist leader in Iraq and Qatar uh, that he was negotiating to bring in, and court records say he already brought in two Hezbollah operatives before even this happened. Wow. Uh, this guy. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed, man. Yeah, you know, the Turks that have also crossed is very, very interesting because we don't particularly have a good relationship with Turkey right now either. Right. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, Kurds come across. Uh, they're mostly going to be Kurds, uh, but, you know, also just regular. I mean, really, from all of the special interest countries, we've had just tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands cross from these countries of national security concern where there's terrorist organizations. I wrote a whole book about this called America's Covert Border War, the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. 
that lays out the counterterrorism programs that are now faltering. I wrote that book before this mass migration crisis. And my piece in the New York Post explains how this thing is broken down. It's absolutely nullified, neutralized by this thing. Yeah, and and what is so ironic is that the Department of Homeland Security was set up specifically after 9-11 to address this whole problem, to prevent it, and here it has completely faltered. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. Tell the folks where they can follow you, buddy. Yeah, I'm at uh, Benzman at Todd, Benzman Todd at X, and you can follow me. You can sign up for my newsletter free to stay abreast of me at ToddBenzman.com. You'll find it there. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd, thank you very, very much for being with us today. Anytime. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. The Federation for American Immigration Reform, known as FAIR, fights to restore common-sense border controls and immigration policies that work for America and its future. America's immigration system and border controls have been decimated by Washington politicians and special interests, undermining the interests and security of the American people. For 45 years, FAIR has effectively stood up to these powerful interests, but we cannot do it alone. Find out how you can help restore sanity to our immigration system by going to FAIRUS.org. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Ira Melman. He is the uh, press director for FAIR, our sponsor, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. And uh, I wanted to get him on for two things. First of all, uh, Ira was uh, in South Texas in Eagle Pass and Del Rio this past uh, week. Uh, and I wanted to get his uh, view of what uh, what he heard and saw. But before that, Ira, let me ask you about the impeachment of Homeland Security Mayorkas. What are your thoughts? Well, it, yeah, uh, it, it was something that was richly deserved. You know, he has been three years, and for three years he has consistently... Uh, been derelict in his duty to protect the security of the United States. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you had a congressional delegation down there. Mark Green, who is the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, called him the, the greatest threat to America's homeland security. Uh, and, and there he is occupying the job of Department of Homeland Security Secretary. Uh, you know, the, the disaster down at the border didn't just happen by itself. This was by design, and the architect of that design was Alejandro Mayorkas. And yes, he is answerable to Joe Biden, and the buck does stop with Joe Biden. But, you know, cabinet secretaries don't stand for election. The people don't get a say in that. Uh, so this was Congress's effort to remove a guy uh, who has clearly shown that he is not willing to do the job that he took an oath of office to do. And, you know, it's only the second time in U.S. history that a sitting cabinet member has been impeached. Uh, Look, I mean, he's not going to be convicted in the Senate. You need two-thirds of the Senate to convict. uh, That, that, you know, that's not likely to happen. But it does send a very clear message that what is going on down there is unacceptable and unsustainable. And, you know, maybe the president will pay attention uh, because ultimately he is responsible for what Mayorkas does. You know, it's been. Uh, I'm glad you're saying that because it. Uh, we have heard very, very little uh, from the uh, from from the uh, Biden administration about the uh, the impeachment. But we did hear before the impeachment that he was doing a great job. Yeah, look, I mean, they are calling it a political witch hunt, which it is not. Uh, You know, he has, as I said, uh, on the merits of his performance in office, he deserves to be removed. He took an oath of office that he would protect the security of this country, uh, that he would uphold the Constitution. And he has systematically dismantled laws or ignored laws that are on the books and replaced them with his own policies. That is not the hallmark of a a constitutional republic. Uh, Under our system, it is Congress that makes the laws. It is the executive branch that is 
supposed to carry them out faithfully, and he clearly has not been doing that. So, uh, you know, he, as I said, he, he is in violation of his oath of office, and he earned that impeachment. It is, I mean, it, it is very, very difficult when you see what is happening at the border, not to mention in New York and in uh, Denver and in Chicago and in other places, uh, to defend him uh, in any way, uh, shape, or form. Yeah, uh, he, he he is the architect of this policy, and as you point out, it, it's not just the border communities that are feeling this. It is all across the United States. It, you know, I, I saw an interesting uh, op-ed written by a New York City councilwoman in which she said that New York City is now spending more on the migrants than they spend on police fire and sanitation combined so these these very basic essential services for new yorkers uh they're actually spending less on that than they are on caring for all the migrants and on top of that you know as you've all seen you know things going on at times square and elsewhere uh it it is unleashing crime additional crime in, in new york city so look everybody around the country is paying the price for Alejandro Mayorkas and Joe Biden's refusal uh, to enforce the laws of this country. Uh, It's really disturbing. So having said that, let's talk about your visit to the border uh, last week and what you saw as far as the results of what Alejandro Mayorkas has, has done. Well, look, we spoke to a lot of people down there at the border, residents, people who were involved in law enforcement. They all said that, you know, they can trace the start of this to January 20th, 2021, which not coincidentally was the day that Joe Biden was sworn in, uh, that that unleashed an unprecedented wave of illegal immigration that has altered their way of life. You know, people talk about the fact that they're afraid to go out at night, they won't let their kids uh, out. You know, we spoke with ranch with a rancher there, uh, you know, who said he, he's constantly out repairing holes in the fence because the cartels bring the the people who don't want to get caught and the people who don't want to get caught generally have criminal records or some other uh, thing on their record that that disqualifies them from being released into the United States. Uh, So, you know, it it is affecting businesses. It is affecting people's personal safety. Uh, But the good news is we, we also saw that within the past few weeks, the efforts of Governor Abbott to deter illegal immigration are having at least a positive effect on the people of Texas. Uh, the cartels are still bringing people in in record numbers, but they're now taking them through Arizona and California because, you know, that's the path of least resistance. Texas has demonstrated that if you demonstrate the resolve uh, to deter illegal immigration, that you can do something about it. We're never going to have zero. You know, nobody expects uh, perfection. Uh, but Governor Abbott and the policies that the Texas uh, legislature has put, have put in place uh, seem to be working. Uh, again, it's a big improvement over what, what it was a month or two ago. It's, they still have a long way to go. Uh, but it does demonstrate that this is not an insurmountable problem. The uh, situation, again, with uh, Governor Abbott um, doing using... Uh, various tactics like uh, containers, like uh, the razor wire, not to mention uh, legislation which allows them to uh, arrest illegal aliens. All of these things seem to work if you secure the border. Doesn't that seem to be registering with, uh, with other folks, with Democrats? Well, uh, you know, it, it, as I said, the traffic has it's now been diverted to Arizona and California. Uh, you know, if Governor Newsom decides he doesn't want to have all these people coming into California and bearing the costs on top of, I, I think it's a $38 billion budget deficit that he's facing this year, uh, you know, he can look to Texas, uh, see what's been done uh, in Texas, and maybe implement in California. I, I wouldn't hold my breath waiting for him to do that. But, you know, Texas has demonstrated that this can be addressed. Uh, And look, I mean, it it should be addressed by the federal government. Uh, It it actually should be the White House that is looking at what Texas is doing and saying, gee, that actually works. And the most effective form of law enforcement is deterrence. Uh, It's always better to convince people not to break the law in the first place. Uh, This administration has done precisely the opposite. They have sent every signal that if you violate our laws, you are going to benefit from them. You're going to be allowed into the country. You're going to be transported to, you know, wherever you want in the country, 
when we were at the airport in San Antonio the other day, we saw people walking around with their packets from the you know, immigration service, uh, you know, all, all the information that they needed to set, make new lives in the interior of the country. These are the sorts of things that convince people to make that journey, uh, to come to the United States illegally, put their lives at risk, put their children's lives at risk, and, and disrupt the, the lives of people here in this country it, it is unsustainable and it is unnecessary because we can we, we can address this problem in a rational way but you have an administration that refuses to do so we uh, watched last week as the um, uh, the Senate's version of an immigration uh, legislation of an immigration bill um, died and uh, immediately Biden, uh, and the Democrats were screaming that uh, that legislation is the only way to address this, and since the Republicans didn't allow it, that it died. Uh, that it is the fault of the Republicans that they don't that they want an open border. Well, look, look it was a terrible bill, and uh, what Mitch McConnell and James Langford were thinking, I have no idea. They they walked right into a trap, uh, and they gave the administration an opportunity to say, look, you know, we negotiated and you guys walked away, but they walked away from a terrible bill. It, it would actually have made the situation worse. Uh, you know, things like if you come to the border and say, I want asylum, instead of having to wait 180 days to get work authorization, you would get it immediately. Most of the people coming across the border illegally are not legitimate asylum seekers. They're economic migrants looking for jobs. So if you say, you know, we'll give you work authorization from day one, the logical conclusion is that you're going to see lots more people coming across. Uh, it didn't rein in the president's abuse of parole authority under which he is allowing hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens to just come into the country uh just because he he says he can do it, um, there, there are all sorts of things in there that just would exacerbate an existing problem. It it, it continues to catch and release. Uh, it, it actually requires that people who come in and defraud our asylum system be released in the United States. So you know, I, again, what Mitch McConnell and let James Langford were doing in there, I, I have no idea. Uh, but it, it was absolutely right to, to this bill because it. It took a bad situation and made it even worse. So, I mean, it, it, it would have codified uh, bad situ- the bad situation and, and uh, made, uh, made law-breaking legal, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, the, the president has all the authority he needs right now to secure our borders and enforce our immigration laws. Uh, if the House has a bill that they passed last May, H.R. 2, which takes away a lot of the discretion that the the administration has not to enforce our laws. You know, they're claiming they have unlimited discretion not to enforce laws, which is essentially negating laws. Uh, again, I mean, we're, we're heading down the, the path towards dictatorship in four-year increments if we do that. Uh, so the, the bill that was passed by the House... Uh, that's the one that should have been taken up. It should have been put in the foreign aid package that the president is requesting. Uh, and if it doesn't go there, it should go in the budget bill. Uh, March 1st is when the continuing resolution runs out. They've got to come up with funding mechanisms for the government starting then. It needs to be in there because we have to get a handle on this. You got it. Once again, folks, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Ira Millman, um, from uh, FAIR, for the Federation of Immigra- for Immigration uh, reform for American immigration reform, and uh, we want to thank you, Ira, for bringing us up to speed and giving us some some uh, information that we all need. It's a pleasure. Thank you once again, George Rodriguez, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy! Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, and we've got our good friend, uh, Mr. Sean Walsh, who is the. Um, Council Border Patro- Border Patrol Council uh, representative in the northern part of the country, uh, more specifically in the northeast, in the main area. Wanted to get uh, Sean to come on and tell us what is happening in his area with uh, an increase in the uh, apprehensions and the number of uh, illegals crossing there. And uh, what's it what's it all about, Sean? Thank you very much for taking time to be with us. I understand you've got some snow up there right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely winter time up here in uh, Vermont. Um, I don't think that 
that we can't change. <laughs> is, is there? I mean, even with the winter, even with the snow and everything else, do you still are you still seeing uh, a large number of uh, of uh, people crossing the border illegally? Yeah, you know um, that's that's the problem. Huh? That's why we're we're talking about it. You know, we talked about it last time, and unfortunately, the only thing that has changed is the fact that these numbers are increasing every month. Every month, you know, it, we we keep seeing um, new records being being broke. We're seeing records record high options. We're seeing record high um, different countries that we apprehend people from you know uh it, it's it's there's no end in sight right now that we that we see and you know you talk about the the winters up here and yeah it's it's uh, pretty dangerous you know even as agents you know agents get get um hurt sometimes just from the weather and these people crossing are in extreme danger they don't have the gear they don't have the uh the expertise to handle this type of weather, you know, and, you know, going back a little bit, you know, the, the amount of countries that we see um, in these crossings have increased because these transnational criminal organizations are kind of exploiting the northern border right now and, and this administration's lack of um, enforcement. So, you know, these organizations only have one goal in mind, right? Their goal is to make a profit, right? So they don't care about the safety of the people that they cross. They don't care about their health. They don't care that they make it or not. What they care about is making money. So... Unfortunately, when we see that the the increase in traffic is doubling or tripling, um, so are the profits of these organizations. Wow. You know, let me ask you, because you've worked on, on the southern border as well, um, and we've heard, uh, you know, we, we've heard the stories of uh, on the southern border people uh, getting lost in the desert and in the heat and passing out. Does that happen up there in the, in Vermont and in the Northeast area with uh, people getting lost or 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 getting uh, getting stuck in the in the in the snow? Absolutely, um, you know, and, and we do see more and more rescues over, over the years. We see, you know, we we do see. Um, unfortunately, we see you know people crossing, and unfortunately. Uh, succumbing to the the weather you know a lot of times they are walking in circles um you, know, you don't really know where you're going in the woods in on the northern border if you don't have some guidance yeah and of course these uh coyotes i guess you would call them on the northern border as well probably just lead them to the border and then turn them loose they do. I mean, it works pretty similar to the southern border because, you know, a lot of these organizations running on the southern border are now on the northern border. And that's that's the biggest change that we've seen over the course of this administration and how um, and how lax these policies have been and where they created this situation where these organizations, these uh, criminal organizations were able to kind of, you know, see this happening and see just dollar signs, you know, dollar signs for setting up shop. Yeah. You know, there's really no difference. They drop them off at times and they say, just go that way. And next thing you know, you know, you, you have people who need to be rescued. You have women and children put in some serious, dangerous situations. Now, uh, how is easy is it to fly to Canada um, and then just, you know, walk on across i mean uh flying into canada i mean there are there any requirements is it pretty easy i mean what what's the story there well and that's that's uh that's something that canada had passed a few years ago where um it's it's just a same day type small fee application and they're flying from mexico city or cancun or wherever in mexico and they're just they're flying the same day they're flying straight to montreal and toronto 
Wow. How big of an increase uh, percentage-wise are you seeing in the app- apprehensions and craw- uh, crossings last year? I mean, uh, versus past years, how big of an increase are you seeing? Well, we're seeing, I mean, it's, it's record-breaking, right? I mean, even in the first in the first quarter this year alone, we're seeing um, more than we have had in years combined. You know, there, there's, it's a significant increase. I mean, we're, we're, we're doubling, if not tripling, some, wow. some numbers. And again, you know, and that goes, and that goes straight to profits, right? Right. Um, there, these, these organizations are exploited yeah. stuff. You see it on TikTok. You see it on all these other, all these other apps and everything where, where they are being guided to these organizations to pay money. Yep. Now, uh, I've got to ask this because what uh, what is the temperament? What um, what what is the mood of, of of the border patrol agents, of the agents themselves, who are seeing this? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely disgusting to see it in person. You know, to see that. You know, to see that. Um, you, you can do your job and there's going to be policy differences in, in different administrations but well but uh with this administration we've seen a lack of even trying to address this situation you know from day one the increases have been met with nothing you know uh we, we there's nothing put in place to even try and curb this crisis and and to have agents every day walk into work and know that they're not able to do their job properly that you know every day they get to see and worry that our national security is at risk you know we're, we're letting so many people in without proper checks without you know we, we don't even know what's coming through right yeah um, our, our gotaways have increased as well yeah well I, I isn't it uh true that there have been more agents removed more uh agents removed from the northern border so that they can be placed on the on the southern border and um so your personnel your staffing is uh is limited as well, isn't it? Well, yeah, and and and, and that's uh, kind of what started the these organ these criminal organizations to exploit the northern border, right? One of the issues was we were getting sent down to the southern border to help, and that just left. We were ready, you know. We're we're ready understaffed on the northern border, but they depleted it to a point where I mean, we just weren't we weren't patrolling basically there was large parts of our northern border that just could not be patrolled with with sending the amount of people that we were down south wow and yeah i mean the the, the that was exploited yeah and it continues to be exploited and and, and what's really interesting is how informed the uh, cartels stay about um you know, the the staffing and personnel and uh, on the border. I mean, it's amazing to me how uh, how their intelligence is working. Yeah, and it's always been that way, right? Like it doesn't. Again, it really doesn't matter. Southern border, northern border, coastal. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of money involved. A lot of these people are spending thousands of dollars to uh, be smuggled, and that's going that's going to create an opportunity to hire more people to help out and to get more information. Yeah. Well, I uh, I really, really appreciate you taking time to ch- chat with us. Uh, folks, we're, we're speaking with um, our good friend, Mr. Sean Walsh, who is the Border Patrol Council representative uh, in Vermont in the northeast uh, part. Um, hang in there, buddy. Uh, our prayers and our thoughts are with... Uh, the agents and you and uh, we um, support you in any way that we can thank you and we really do appreciate it 
Well, you take care, and uh, we'll be in contact some more with you to uh, follow up on what is going on on our northern border. Folks, once again, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Thank you for joining us today. I want to thank our guests, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies, Mr. Ira Melman, uh, Media Director for FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, and to Mr. Sean Walsh, who is the Border Patrol Council uh, uh, President in uh, the Northeast Sector of the United States. I want to thank them all for, for joining us today. Uh, my friends, the border crisis is real, and it has moved into our communities, okay? It is the second phase. It's happening. Uh, in in most communities, it's already impacting directly. In, in smaller communities, it'll be coming to you pretty soon, my friends. Whether it is uh, higher taxes, federal taxes to support these people, whether it's higher state taxes to support these people, whether it's higher local taxes to support these people. But it's going to come. And I, I just want to leave you with these questions, my friends. What is the what is the uh, uh, what good is it for an American citizen, a lawful legal American citizen uh, to ha- uh, have his citizenship, their citizenship, if an illegal alien gets the same rights and benefits? What is the point of being a legal lawful citizen? If an illegal alien gets the same rights and benefits, ask yourself that. Better yet, ask your politicians. What's the point? Secondly, tolerating illegal immigration, excusing it because it's a humanitarian crisis. No, 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 my friends. No, no, no. Don't we send enough money to these countries that now we don't have, we have to accept their uh, citizens in our country and help them here? I mean, what, what is, what's the point of that? My friends, join us again next week when we have another great lineup for you. We are, all we want to do is make sure that you understand what is happening in your community and in your country with illegal immigration. So until next time, my friends, thank you again for joining us. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Till next time. The Federation for American Immigration Reform, known as FAIR, fights to restore common sense border controls and immigration policies that work for America and its future. America's immigration system and border controls have been decimated by Washington politicians and special interests, undermining the interests and security of the American people. For 45 years, FAIR has effectively stood up to these powerful interests, but we cannot do it alone. Find out how you can help restore sanity to our immigration system by going to FAIRUS.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.